Welcome back to the Owner Operator Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gray, and in this episode, I have Bodie Gallo joining us from New York, who has purchased a 20-unit dumpster rental company, and he has significantly grown it with local SEO tactics. Bodie is a local SEO wizard and has ranked his business number one on Google Map Packs for his area. In this episode, we're going to dive deep on how you can use the same tactics to grow your local service business in your market too. Let's jump into the episode. Bodie Gallo is the dumpster rental guy on Twitter. We've been engaging back and forth over the last, I'd say, month or so, and I've been just enjoying following your journey and Appreciate the it. content that you're putting out. It's really cool. Um, and I like your business model. So I'm really excited to dive into this. I mean, I saw one of your pictures the other day and it looks like you're optimizing for junk removal terms from a search it, perspective. Is that right? Yeah, it totally depends. Um, I optimize for junk removal and dumpster rental, but it totally depends. I subcontract out a lot of my dumpster rental work. I mean, junk removal work. It totally depends on how big or small the job is. But for junk removal, I'm only really taking big jobs like estate cleanouts, um, demolition. We've demolished sheds, um, above ground pools, stuff like that. That's the only jobs you really take. Otherwise, I subcontract out a lot of my small junk removal jobs and just get a little like 20% off, off the top of it. Okay, so you're marketing junk removal, and then you have relationships with excavation contractors who you sub that out to. Um, so no, we actually do the um, we do the demolition. We don't do the small junk removal. So when someone calls like they want two couches removed, I really just don't have the time for that. So I really don't do those types of jobs. But um, if something like demolition comes up where we gotta take down a shed, um, me and my partner actually go and take down the shed itself. He knows how to operate an excavator. Um, we get two guys from his dad's company and we go from there. Sweet. This is why I like following guys like you, following guys like Julius, because there's so many people, especially on Twitter, who are talking about buying businesses and just wanting to sit back and play armchair quarterback. Yeah, well, you, can't, you can't do that. It's It's impossible. I can do that with dumpsters, but you can only make so much money because dumpsters is a volume game. Where like demolition is really where the big money is. Same with estate cleanouts. Um, I can charge eight thousand dollars for a hoarder cleanout. So where you could do like ten dumpsters out of that, you would not make as much money. Yeah, that's why I love following you because you're actually out there in the field doing the thing. Yeah. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? Tell us how you got into this business. So I was a senior in college playing lacrosse, and my cousins on my team. And he's not really a school guy. He just made a bunch of money in the stock market. And he's like, this dumpster business is for sale. So my uncle owns a big asphalt company. Um, they pave roads. They pave parking lots. They don't do driveways. Huge asphalt company. Um, and he's like, let's buy this dumpster rental business. They knew about my marketing background, working for other companies doing marketing. And we're like, we would just kill it at this. So we bought an old F-750, 20 dumpsters off like a 65 year old guy who was looking to retire. And we now have 50 dumpsters, two trucks running, and we've just grown the revenue it's ridiculous amount from starting to finishing. And um, we've been offered buyouts. We haven't taken anything yet because we're so young and just feel like we can grow this way more than it's growing already. 
Can you share numbers associated with the acquisition? Um, yeah, so we bought out the company for $100,000, um, dirt cheap, dirt cheap, like cheaper than equipment. And um, we've been offered $750,000 to get bought out now. Um, we've invested some money into it. Like I said, we got a new truck that's worth 130 grand. So that adds some more market cap to us. And then we've added about 30 more dumpsters. Some are brand new, some are used. It totally depends. Because when I first got into the business, it was right during COVID. So the price of steel was crazy at the time where dumpsters were going for seven grand when they used to go for four grand. So now that that's leveled out, we actually just bought new dumpsters, um, which are only four grand a piece, where during COVID there were seven. So I pretty much saved myself $15,000. And we've got a lot of used dumpsters. A lot of guys were liquidating. Um, usually around this time of year, a lot of guys liquidate their dumpsters because the winter's coming. And they usually just can't make it if they don't have enough. One would buy them. He was offering other people 300 grand, 180 grand, but no one could, he couldn't find someone to buy him out. And luckily we had the right connections to do this. So we got into the business. So you buy one F750, you said, yep. and 20 dumpsters at yes, this sir. point. Oh, six. 100 grand. Yep. Oh, six F750. <laughs> 330,000 miles on it, CAT C7 engine, it's bulletproof. And then um, a lot of the dumpsters we've been welding up because a lot of them needed work. Um, it also came with a driver of the business too. Guy's a retired teamster. He's an absolute beast. Um, I can have him work 60 hours a week and he doesn't bat an eye. It's crazy. So take us through this business model. Like, like what... So for anybody who is not familiar with the dumpster rental business, yeah. how do you generate revenue and uh, what can you, what can the business do with those 20 dumpsters? So the 20 dumpsters could do top line, 180 grand tops. It all depends on how often we flip them and how long they're rented for. Um, it, that totally, it's totally dependent on that. The only problem with that is contractors are my main customers and they want to hold a dumpster for two weeks, sometimes up to a month where homeowners, I give them a three to five day option. So I'm juggling a lot of the time. And, um, the most you could do with 20 dumpsters, probably like 180 grand, 200,000, and probably net profit about 70 to 80 grand off of that. So my first year, I really didn't pay myself much money, um, getting into the business made a bunch of money in stocks during college. So I invested pretty much all of that into the business. And I really didn't pay myself the first year. Then we got more dumpsters and I was able to start paying myself some income now, um, like a year and a half into the business after buying more dumpsters. And then, um, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> so my question is what, like what's ideal for you? You mentioned you rent to residential customers at three to five yes. days. And then you also rent to contractors and you said they typically like to hold them. So is it, it better for you to rent for longer or is it better for you to turn them? It's better for me to turn them. My bread and butter customers are roofers and residential contractors. I mean, and uh, residential homeowners. Thing about the homeowners is their dump is only about one ton. Like, so it's very cheap to dump their waste. I get better margins with them. Uh, and it's only three to five days. The good thing about roofers is they flip a roof in a day. So I have some roofers roofers that do five a week. The downside of that is their dump fees are expensive. I'm in New York, so I'm paying 124 a ton. 
where in other places they're paying like 30 a ton down south. Um, I looked into buying a business in South Carolina. They're paying like $15 a ton. So the tonnage is very different, but um, it's good for us because we, we can charge a higher drop-off fee, where in those places you really can't do that. Like a drop-off fee in Myrtle Beach was going for a $180 drop-off, where I charge $300 drop-off fee. So it's a way different thing. Um, my market, everyone's pretty much charges the same prices. Like I know around the country, it's a race to the bottom in a lot of these markets, especially Texas. So in my market, like we all charge the same prices. It's pretty rigged that way. And um, we all work together. So if I don't have a dumpster, I know I can call another company. They'll give them a dumpster. Or um, I have relationships with people in New Jersey where if they... If I had some one of my customers need a dumpster in New Jersey, I just have someone else handle it. Okay. Take us through the revenue model. Yep. So, like I said, we charge a $300 drop-off fee, $124 per ton. End price is determined on the weight of the dumpster. Um, I do about 140 to 175 dumps per month in my law in my um busy season. So right up till like Christmas time usually. And then from January february and then like march 14th it significantly decreases to about like 70 dumps a month uh, my average dump fee is about 500 dollars, but it pretty much varies on roofing versus residential work so like a resident could be one ton but a roofer could have six tons so i average about 500 dollars to 625 dollars per dumpster in revenue um but it's just hard for me to really tell but i'd have to take the mean of all my weight and then divide it up and whatnot but um it's usually about five to six hundred twenty five dollars per dumpster okay so you charge a drop-off fee of three hundred dollars and then you charge a per ton fee of a hundred and twenty four dollars yes and for those of you listening who don't know what tons mean it, it, it has to do with the weight correct yep so i always have an accounts receivable running um always i run people on a net 30 um, and I incentivize a lot of homeowners to pay me cash. Um, but I'm usually just running on a net 30. All my contractors, I have a lot of their cards on file. Some guys I don't because some guys are just always playing catch up. So um, I have to charge them a little more money most of the time because I got guys always playing catch up with me. So it becomes a pain in the ass chasing down people for money. But if they're giving me four to five dumpsters a week, I'm not going to complain. You know, I know I'm getting that money eventually. Um, but like I said, I'm always, always, people always run a tab and I'm always collecting money or whatnot. Like after this phone call, I gotta go see two people to collect money from. And this is because you're picking up waste from yes. a job site. You're transferring that to the, either a transfer station or, uh, the dump essentially. Yes. Yeah. We have transfer stations here, no dumps. And, um, and, and what does the transfer station charge you to dump that's one so my market is um it's very regulated new york and new jersey is very regulated and we can only dump at our dumps in our county we have no choice so i actually don't charge on the tonnage because everyone dumps for the same price you can't get around it you can't shop dumps like other markets you can shop dumps you can shop transfer stations but where i am you can't so it doesn't there's really no like nobody has an advantage in my market really because we all have to charge the same price to dump so that's why i just strictly just charge the the tonnage it's easier for me i'm a smaller company 
and I'm not going to make $6 extra per ton. Like I'm not really, I don't really care about that. You know, I'll make an extra $12. Like it doesn't really matter to me. So that's why I charge that way. I just charge. And then for homeowners, like they're usually at one ton tops. So we net profit like $270 off a homeowner dump. It's, it's great. So you charge, the transportation station charges you $124 per ton to dump. And that you just pass that on to the customer. So where you make your money is in the drop-off. In the drop-off. Yep, exactly. Okay. And all right, so now that we understand the revenue model, you had 20 dumpsters. Then you said you went to grow the business. You bought another truck and you bought more dumpsters. Yes. Talk us through that process. So we went to the bank. Um, we have a good relationship with the bank. So we went to the bank and said, we're looking to get this, we're looking to get a new truck. Can we go through financing? Um, it's a smaller bank. They're only in New York and New Jersey and they work with a lot of contractor companies. Um, actually the CEO is an ex general contractor um, of the bank. So we went to them and they said, we got to put $25,000 down on the truck um, for a $130,000 truck. So we did that. Our monthly payments are about $1,800 a month. We got the to Kenworth T270. We got it about, I think, two years ago now. Um, and then for the dumpsters, we just bought those cash. Not cash, but cash on our account. How many and, more um, have you purchased on top of the 20 you already have? There, I have 30 more now. And um, the sizes all vary. We Some guy was actually closing upstate from us. He was selling out his business and all his assets. We picked up 15 dumpsters from him, and then we bought... We bought a bunch more um, th this past spring. We got all 20 orders, all brand new from Pennsylvania. And then um, this following spring, we're looking to buy more. You have 50 total dumpsters now. Yep. What does an average year look like? Or what's this year going to look like top line revenue for those 50 dumper dumpsters with the two trucks? So we're looking at like 750 top line, 750,000 top line revenue this year. Um, we might be a little under that, but that's what we're expecting to get into is like 750000 And that's between all junk removal and dumpster jobs we've done. I think next year we could really push the envelope. My biggest problem, though, is sometimes in the summertime, I have like nine or ten drop-offs a day, and I only have like five dumpsters in my yard. So for my business to be efficient, we really have to start early and pick up drop-off, pick up drop-off, which is a logistical nightmare. Um, I've tweeted about that before and it just gets, it gets super crazy and stressful because four roofers want a dumpster at eight o'clock, another four want a dumpster at nine o'clock. And then if I don't get the dumpsters there on time, I lose a recurring customer, which it's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen, you know? So I usually just prioritize the guys who give me the most volume and then I go from there. But there's days- I have to go through my accountant. I think we'll net like three fifty off that, off that seven fifty. Um, the thing I don't like about this business is the overhead is crazy. Um, insurance is getting super expensive. It's only raising every single year um, because a lot of guys are jumping into this business and really affecting the insurance models. So, insurance is flying. Only Progressive really gives people auto insurance now. It used to have Liberty Mutual. But so many guys are getting into this business that Liberty Mutual doesn't even cover trash companies anymore. So Progressive's the only one, and they have a stronghold on the market, clearly, because they're the only one that offers it. So they're making people pay like $2,000, $2,500 per truck alone. So it really increases my overhead. 
and um just it's a really just stressful thing insurance <laughs> but you need it because um someone ran into us someone ran through a stop site a stoplight and ran into our new truck like two months ago and like thank god we had insurance you know and the guy actually submitted a claim even though it was his fault and we had no damage to our truck just our hubcap but still it was just our premiums went up how big is your team right now um i have one full-time driver one part-time driver and you manage the operations i manage all operations yep i'm pretty and much i answer all the phone calls i make the schedule i collect the money so you're working around the clock yeah i'm working all the time um i'll be it'll be seven o'clock i'm waiting for a contractor at home depot seven o'clock at night um, it'll be 7.30 in the morning, and I'm going out to collect cash from someone. Um, I definitely think I need to optimize the business. Um, like, I have to get better systems in place where, like, I shouldn't be leaving my house to go collect cash. I should have a drop box. So there's stuff like that I really need to improve on. Actually, my dumpsters and billing people, because um, I could just have my driver. I don't even have to call him anymore. All my dispatch is through this CRM called Roll Offer. And um, on roll offer, I'm able to send my driver the list right through his app. And then let's say my driver gets a dump slip. He has to upload it to the roll offer app after he gets the dump slip. And it pretty much does all the billing itself. So it takes a picture of the dump slip, um, adds the drop off feed to it. And all I have to press is send. It goes right to the customer. So it's really helped. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really helped out my accounts receivable. Because um, the quicker I build the customers, the quicker I get the money. That's great. Have you met uh, Chris Berg on Twitter? He's yes. Our watch guy. Yes. I've talked to him before. Um, he actually invested in some guy's dumpster rental business out in Utah. I've talked to him about it before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, and that's not even the reason I was bringing him up. So oh, really? Chris has become a friend at this point. And one yeah. thing he challenged me early on whenever I was running around town grabbing checks and you know, trying to track down money and, and all that stuff. He's like, ridiculous. He's like, just find somebody locally, you know, and pay them 25 or 30 bucks an hour yeah. part time for four hours a day and just delegate that stuff to them. And we did that at the beginning of this year. And that was a game changer for my really? business because it just freed up so much time because I'm like you, I like being out there in the field. I like being in tune with the operations. And I think that that's a good use of our time as owner operators in the early days of growing a business. Um, cause somebody's got to drive that field work. Right. Yeah. And that's why I, I started this podcast with, man, I really enjoy following you. Cause I think we share similar mindsets in that, but being able to free up the brain space and the time of just running around, grabbing checks and depositing stuff into the bank helped me so much focused on, on the field stuff. And so, um, man, I have all that to credit to Chris and that's why I bring up his name. Because he challenged me early on to do that, but it could be something that that might be worthwhile. For yeah, the thing I the thing I like about it though is I have so many connections with contractors within my community now. Or like, if I wanted to get into house flipping or I want to renovate my house, like I just have all these connections with these guys. Or like I'm friends with them now. Like sometimes I meet them at the bar. They're at the bar at Friday at five o'clock, and we have a drink. Like. That's what I like about it is I like having a person-to-person -person connection with these guys as like an early startup in this business. One day, I'm obviously not going to be able to do that. So I just like having that connection for now because like 
for them to go to another company, it's like, like we don't talk anymore. And a lot of these guys, like I collect cash. We talk for 20 minutes in the parking lot about God knows what, how business is right now. Is it slow? Like all that stuff. That's what I do like about it. But there's times where I'm like, I, this is not productive for me. So I definitely should delegate it out. And I actually have someone in mind I'm looking to do that with. Um, someone I'm very trustworthy with. That's awesome. And for those of y'all listening, I like go back and listen to what Bodhi just said again, because I believe that's so important whenever you're in the services or the trades, building those relationships in the blue collar industries, it goes so far. When yeah, we... people see a young guy like yourself coming coming out to the job site, shaking their hand, looking them in the eye, sending them the invoice, asking for the check like they see that you care and they respect yeah, that exactly. especially about the millennial and gen z generation yeah <laughs> yeah because they know and people say that to me all the time like nobody wants to work anymore blah 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 i hear that all the time and even for myself i'm gonna have to deal with that but one of my drive one of my drivers are retiring next september and like for me to replace him is going to be tough because he's an old timer like he's 65 years old but He's a beast. Like he loved working and it's just so hard to find someone that's dependable like that now. So that's going to be a really big issue for my business. Cause a lot of the time, like I can't jump in the truck. Like I got other things going on, but I will jump in the truck. Like I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. I can do, that's another thing. My drivers can't ever like hold me accountable or like you need me. Cause I can do everything they can within the truck. Like I don't never want an employee to be able to hold me hostage like that. For sure. Well, I hear that all the time too it's the the boomer generation yeah. consistently talks about man nobody wants to work anymore nobody wants to work yeah but so we like dealing with us but it gives it gives people like me and you like an advantage is what i think like these jobs are always going to be necessary um my good friends an electrician my other friends a carpenter like we're always going to have work because no one wants to do this anymore like Garbage is never going away. Electrical is never going away. General contracting is never going away. So we always will have work no matter what. Absolutely. And I've used it sort of on my side. Like I've really played into that. Yeah. Um, when people talk about that, I just go along right, right along with it because my perspective is like, if you're going to work with me, I want to work. I'll show yep. up and I'll do what I'm going to do. And then you earn that contractor's trust and you prove to them that you are willing to work and you have their business from yep, here on out. Exactly. So I've had built a relationship with a lot of contractors where like they don't want a dumpster because they don't want to have the dumpster in the driveway. They'll do all the demo and then we'll come in on like a Saturday morning. I'll bring four guys with me. Um, we'll just take all the demo outside the house, leave the truck right in the driveway, load it up and leave. And like for contractors, like they pay a premium, but they don't care because they just pass it off to the homeowner they're doing the work for. And the homeowner doesn't have a big dump, dirty dumpster in their driveway. So for us, that's been a very lucrative business for us. Just we make an extra like $1,000 on a Saturday morning profit because we're going in there, we're removing the trash. Um, it's good for the homeowner. It's good for the contractor. And then we always get a five-star review out of it. I love it. And I love the fact that you just said five-star review. So let's segue now into the marketing because you are right now 
getting a ton of traction on Twitter yeah. because of your marketing tweets. And so I yeah. want to spend the rest of this episode <laughs> diving into your head and strategies that you're using to grow this business. So you buy this business, you have a background in marketing. Take us through the next steps. What were the first oh. things that you did digitally for this business? We can really back up before I got into the business. Um, in college, my freshman and sophomore year, I interned at a company called Active International. Um, it's a marketing agency in Pearl River, New York. When I worked with them, I had two accounts I managed, Kroger, the grocery store, and then Firehouse Subs, the sandwich shop. And then I pivoted into the following year, Benjamin Moore Co., the paint company. I don't know if they're out in Utah. Um, but they're more of an East Coast brand owned by Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. Um, I was a marketing manager of 10 of their stores in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. My boss was the head manager, but I was just the assistant. And then um, I got into the dumpster business. The first thing I did within getting into the dumpster business, because this business I bought out had no website, no Facebook, absolutely nothing. And I already knew a lot about this stuff. So I was like, I could really... Because we took a gamble behind this business. Like, only thing we saw was dump fees, no customers, nothing. It was just like, we did 800 dumps last year. Like, we did 900 dumps the following year. Like, I didn't get any book of customers, absolutely nothing. All I got was a phone and the number of dumps they did and how many dumpsters they were. Like, crazy gamble. And I was like, I really can grow this with marketing. So I built out a website, um, built out a Facebook page, and then built out a Google My Business profile and just went ham on Google Ads and SEO. Um, spent like 90 grand my first two years on Google Ads, really focused on growth. And once I was able to achieve top rank in my market for Google Map Pack, I didn't spend a dime on ads this year. So we'll add another like 60 grand in profit alone just from not having to spend any money on advertising at all this year. We sponsored like two golf tournaments. Um, because my cousin's a huge golfer, like very good golfer, could is about to become an amateur pro. He's my partner in the business. So um, we just sponsored two golf tournaments, but otherwise I didn't spend a dime on advertising this year. And I've pretty much just been coasting off of local SEO. How did you get to the top rank? So I got to the top. I got to the top of Map Pack by just exchanging backlinks with other guys within my town. So like, let's say a contractor has a website, I exchange a backlink with him. I have PR articles on patch.com, um, even our town website. So just high authority backlinks. And also my website, I have service pages built out for each like area we service. So I'll use Congress Dumpster Rental for an example. My business is in Blauvelt, New York, but Congress is about like 10 miles north of us. So I built out a page for Congress Dumpster Rental, and then I built out a page, 10-yard Dumpster Rental Congress, 15-yard Dumpster Rental Congress, 20-yard Dumpster Rental Congress, and it's just like a web the web effect and then i backlink that to my products page on my google my business profile so i have Cong for every town we service i have congress dumpster rental or clarkstown dumpster rental is just towns in my county and then i have the link for my website backlinked to my google my business profile so just stuff like that and i really just i outrank companies like junking and been there dump that or just franchises that dominate local seo and other markets and like, I'm above them in pretty much all parts of my town, like all different towns in my community. Okay. I want to dive in there. Can you tell us specifically how to do that? How to do that? I, I've, I've been doing it for many years. Um, 
Should I stop? Well, so, so I was going to say how to like the process for creating the backlinks from your service pages to your Google My Business profile. Can you dive deeper there? To my, yeah, it's easy. So on your Google My Business profile, there's a products page. Um, I don't know if you've seen that before on your Google My Business profile where like you can add like excavating service on there um, if you take a look. So for me, like I have dumpster rental, then I got 10-yard dumpster rental, 15-yard dumpster rental, 20-yard dumpster rental, and then there's a learn more in that Google My Business profile. So on the learn more side of things, you could link, you have a page on your website that says 10-yard dumpster rental, you just copy and paste the URL. You take the copy from that page and then you just put that copy similar that's on your web page into your Google My Business Profiles product page. And does Google prioritize that if you have your website and your Google My Business services and products stating the same content? Yes, because you're actually linking the two to each other. Um, you're linking your website to your Google My Business profile. Um, this is just some special sauce I found out on my own that's really helped me link. And I've actually been able to track it and see customers and customers have told me that they've went from my products page because I'm actually the only company who has a products page in my market. They've actually went from my products page and clicked on my website from there and made a call now from the call to action right there. Yes. And this is the gold. This is the opportunity. And this is the reason yep. why I started this podcast in the beginning is to talk to people like you who see this same opportunity in creating a service business in your local market where your only competition are likely baby boomers who don't give a crap about digital marketing. And if you bring a digital marketing mind to an unsexy service-based business, it is like you've proven it that you can go rank number one in your local market. I mean, you sent me a, a, an overview of our land clearing search terms the other day. And I haven't done the specific things you've done, but we've invested in SEO and a professionally built website from day one. Yeah, which is huge. It's it's huge. Um, what's interesting about my market is now like, it's a lot of third generations. Like I have a lot of old Italian companies in my market that all end with O's. So like a lot of these guys made their money already in the second generation. So it's now third generations taking over. And like a lot of these guys grew up like driving nice cars. Like I did not grow up that way. Like my first car was an old Toyota Camry, like a 06 Toyota Camry. And um, a lot of these guys grew up driving nice cars. Like they have an existing business already. But now that they hear about me and see my marketing stuff, like I went to high school with some of these guys, like it's just now I see them like really trying to work on their marketing or whatnot. And just it make me laugh because I'm like, I'm miles ahead of you guys with this stuff. Like you have to actually pay for it. Like I'm going to, I actually made a tweet. Like you may be, may be able to outspend me in marketing, but like you're never going to get to the top of SEO with me. Like I will always get the map pack going. How else do you do that other than what you just mentioned? So pretty much just like I said, like I exchange backlinks with other local contractors or news stations, stuff like patch.com. Um, other things is citation building. Um, Connor Schaller actually is really good with that on Twitter. He has all the sneaky backlinks. Those are really great and help a lot. Just increase your domain authority. Um, I have some blog posts. They're not as important blog posts as they used to be. Like when I first got into SEO, like five years ago, blog posts were the game. It's not as important as they used to be, but just like internal linking between your websites important. 
stuff like that. A lot of keywords like Connor's dumpster rental, writing blog post about that. I have blog post about shed demolition, um, all sorts of stuff like that. Why do you think blog posts aren't as important anymore? Because before Google dropped the Google map, like that's pretty new because Google wants a stronghold on this thing. So ranking a website is a little like less meaningless as it used to be. Because now the way it goes is Google LSAs, Google Ads, Google Map Pack, and then your website ranking. So the blog post would help your back, like your website link. Um, what's it called? Ranking more than it would as your Google Map Pack ranking. So now the customer has to scroll through LSAs, Google Ads, Map Pack just to get to your website. And most of the time, the top authority websites like Angie's Leads and those types of companies. So it's pretty hard to like rank your website already. And then the blog post is the only thing that really helped that. It's just not as important anymore. Or like for e-commerce brands, like the blog post writing is way more efficient for local, for SEO, not local SEO, just regular SEO. And you restate that order of priority. Yep. So it goes, I don't have LSAs in my market, but I know a lot of other guys do. So it goes Google LSAs, Google ads, and then Google map pack. And then it goes to the websites. And in my market, most of the time, the top website is waste management, which is not even in my market. They just own the website SEO. It goes waste management, Angie's leads, and then this company IWS, which is like a waste management um, competitor. Okay. So you, in the beginning, prioritized spending ads, spending money on Google ads. For growth. Prioritized getting to number one on the map pack. Yes. And that's really just helped me. Um, there's other companies that actually have more reviews than me, but I still outrank them. So I know people say Google prioritizes reviews. It definitely does, but it's not as important as people think it is. Um, cause like I said, been there, dumped that and Junking has like one of them has a hundred reviews and Junking has like 400 reviews and I outrank both of them. And you think the reason that is because you're going really hard on this backlink strategy. Yeah. Backlink strategy. Um, service areas the thing about the franchises is it's pretty broad the franchises their service pages where like i can really deep dive into it and you break down the process of exchanging backlinks with contractors yeah so i actually i go as crazy as in telling my contractors like give me your username and password and i'll just put it onto your website alone so i actually make a page on their websites and like that's not visible to customers about TNT dumpster rentals, which is my company. Um, I actually make that page on a website and then add like a blog post about my company, Rockland County Dumpster Rental. We service these areas, and then I'll actually link the pages from my website onto that. So I just hyperlink the two of them together. And I'll actually that's when I said like I like picking up cash and making these relationships. Like I always tell them like. I come from a marketing background. Like I can definitely help your business out for free by doing stuff like this. So is that an exchange of value? Is it increasing? Is, are you giving them a backlink in return? Yep. Yeah, it increases domain authority and increases value for both of us. And a lot of these guys don't even want one in return. They're like, dude, do whatever you want. Like they don't, like I'm just friends with these guys now. Um, some of them just don't like, there's like whatever you want to do on my website. I don't care, you know? How many do you, how many backlinks do you think it's important to go and get if somebody has a website and their Google My Business set up? I don't think 
how many is important. It's more about the quality of them more than the quantity. Um, it's more about the quality of the backlinks. Um, a good one is like patch.com is a really great backlink. I don't know if you guys know what patch is or if you know what patch is, but if you look up patch.com, it's just like a local news source. Um, it's easy to just make a blog post on there. And, um, for me, we have like new city patch, Rockland patch. Those are just counties in my, I mean, towns in my city. So it's just like patch.com. You're able to make a nice blog post. That's a high domain authority backlink and then stuff like that. But it's all about connections, connection building. Okay. So go to patch.com, just write a general description of what yep. services you offer, offer and then link back to your website. Yep. Yeah. Just create an account there. Now, let me ask you this. Whenever you create those backlinks, are you linking back to your homepage or are you linking to a specific service page? Um, so it depends. It depends. But I usually just re- go back to like Rockland County Dumpster Rental is the header on my page. So I really just go back to my homepage. Um, unless it's like New City Patch, I would do New City Dumpster Rental. I would link it back to that page because that's where people search. They're, when they have a dumpster, they want a dumpster in New City, they actually search up New City Dumpster Rental. They don't search up dumpster near me as much and i'm actually able to go in and see that what people are searching for what keywords to go through backlink strategy it's all about getting backlinks on high domain authority websites correct nope high domain or local authority websites so like i'm rockland county dumpster rental is one of my main keywords on my website where Rockland County roofing is a good domain to have the same thing. And, you know, I mean the same backlink to have in. Okay. Two things. And he and I are working on a software product right now. Um, yeah. he has been putting out some crazy valuable content in regards to backlinks. So if you're not following him, I think what, what is his, I think it's just at Connor Schaller, right? Yeah. I, something I think, or SAS master, right? I think. That's in his name. I'll look at his up. name. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll add it. He's the man. I've been talking to him a lot, too. He's really cool. He is. Yeah, I'll look up his, uh, the link to the profile. I should probably have him on the podcast at this point to just talk backlinks. But have you found, like, on Twitter. yeah, have you found some of the backlinks that he's posting to be valuable for local service businesses? It's funny you say that. I actually DM'd him the other day and was like, start dropping backlinks for local service businesses. And he was like, you could use all these for local service businesses, but I will. And he started dropping them like today. So I actually, I go through all his backlinks. I create an Excel sheet on my end. And then I just use it for my clients or my personal business from there, like from all his backlinks of what he's dropping. Because he's dropping some high value in there. And um. It's cool that he's doing that because a lot of like SEOs get salty at that stuff. And like, I've been attacked on my Twitter before. Um, I stopped showing my business on Twitter. Like I wish I didn't have to be the dumpster rental guy, but someone attacked me with like 21 star reviews and I was able to trace it back to like Afghanistan. And it was a day after I was posting like my business on Twitter. So then I kind of went crazy, took off all pictures of my business on Twitter and I black everything out now because I wish I didn't have to do that. But unfortunately, like I can't afford to get 21 star reviews that are fake, you know? So luckily I caught it and it wasn't just one, they did 20. So it's easy to get removed and getting reviews removed is a pain, dude. It is so hard. It's crazy. It's It's crazy. crazy. 
Yeah. So that's why, like, people always say to me, like, oh, like, Anon accounts are bad. Like, I wish it didn't have to be that way. But I was posting my account. Like, I was showing my dumpsters, my truck, everything. And now I have to black out all my branding. And I actually have a pretty cool logo. But I got to black out all my branding now. I got to black out all my stuff because I don't want to get attacked online. You know, it's not worth it for me. Like, I'm here to bring value. I'm not here, like, you know. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Bodie. You've bought a dumpster rental business. You're actively growing the dumpster rental business. You've got a marketing mind. If somebody else wants to start a local service business, what is the bare minimum they need to be doing from the very get-go from a marketing perspective? Bare minimum, website, Google My Business profile, Facebook, uh, Facebook account. And what's good about the Facebook account is there's a ton of local groups that you could connect with people with. So like I'm in a group called Rockland Mommies and anytime someone's like, I need a dumpster rental, I have like 10 moms like all voucher me in there. So just like stuff like that is huge. Just personal connections. Um, Next door is another great app to post on. I've actually done a lot of cold messaging to contractors on Next Door for my dumpster rental business. Just cold message them and saying, hey, this is what I offer. Um, this is my prices. I would love to work with you. Like stuff like that um, has been huge for me. But the bare minimum is Facebook account, website, Google My Business profile, and just posting. Um, I really don't post on Facebook or Instagram anymore. I really don't need to. Um, it's more of a brand awareness thing at the end of the day. And um, for me, I just, sometimes I get too busy. It gets pretty overwhelming. That's why I don't really run ads anymore either. But the next step for me in this business is to get a truck for 30 yarders and 30 yard containers, which I don't have yet. And it's just like a minimum $250,000 investment. So like right now I'm happy where I am, but I'm not going to take that debt just yet until I have an opportunity where someone needs multiple 30 yard dumpsters. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What are your goals with this business? Do you want this to just be a cash flowing business as is? where it's at or are you trying to take this to the next step at a certain point so i have two thoughts um i could it's it's tough for me um the overhead on this business is crazy like i get jealous of the cleaners because they can do like 75 more cleans and i can do dumpster rentals and make the same amount of money as me so with way less overhead and you don't got to worry about drivers crashing into people or whatnot like there's way less stress on their end so for me, it's tough. I like where I'm at right now. I don't, not someone that likes being comfortable. Like I'm always reinvesting my money at all times. Um, like I just bought a rental property in Florida. Like I just had a bunch of cash and was like, I don't feel like having this cash right now. So like, I just always love reinvesting my money. And for me, it's tough to say, like I have a very high cash flowing business right now. I could model myself like been there, dump that who only does 10, 15 and 20 yard dumpsters and be like a guy for the residential homeowner or i could go big time go to 30 yard dumpsters get a 30 yard truck but with that comes a lot more overhead and headaches so i'm in a tough spot right now where like i could keep reinvesting my prop my profits into property or i could keep growing my business it it's tough honestly i always think about this like it keeps me up at night like what i should and shouldn't do um the good thing is i'm only 24 years old so like Within the next six years, everything could change by the time I'm 30. So for me, like, 
I have four streams of income right now. I don't know if it's worth it for me to really jump to the next step, but it could be. So I'm always mixed between that. Um, just doing better if I shouldn't. Yeah, I hear you. Do you have any interest in applying the same model that you've used for the dumpster rental business to other service-based business? Yes. I would like... I would like to do it for like jet ski rentals or like dune buggy rentals, like stuff like that in a high vacation spot. I would really like to do that because the thing is you don't have to focus on the driver in those areas. I know Connor Schaller was saying he has like a, a scooter rental business he was telling me about or Vespa or something. Um, like I really like, I would really like a business model like that more than the dumpster model um, for sure. And I think, there's pretty much low competition in those areas for SEO too. So I'm always looking for underpriced like real estate and attention. Um, me and my partner, my uh, marketing partner, Andy Walker, we um, we met in a stock group chat like seven years ago, all about value investing. Like we're all interested in looking for underpriced stocks, underpriced anything. Um, we call it cigarette butt stocks. So stuff like that is like what we always look for, undervalued stuff that people think are overvalued. So I always look for opportunity like that at all times. Um, another thing I could do for my dumpster business is buy out another one in my area. I think is more likely for me to grow um, than doing it myself, just buying out another one of these businesses. And just rolling it underneath your brand. Exactly. Or just keeping their brand and just like, just staying like that. Um, Cause there's also some digital arbitrage in that alone where I could rank, I could keep their brand name, keep it as the DBA, um, keep it as the same name. And then I could just rank that business. So instead of having one business on top of Google maps, I could have two businesses on top of Google maps and just double the calls. There's more arbitrage there. You could also test pricing strategies. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much I could do in that area. And then like, if the dumpster has a different brand on it, it doesn't matter because like the customer already called to me in order, you know, doesn't doesn't make a difference. It's just a dumpster. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the owner operator podcast, Bodie. This has been it was fun. great speaking with you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners here? Um, no, anyone that's looking to get in the dumpster rental business, are you willing to invest at least a hundred grand of your own money into it? And I wouldn't finance dumpsters because if you're not getting work you're going to be even losing more money by overpaying financing dumpsters um that's pretty much it though you should do at least a hundred grand investment minimum because this isn't a side hustle type of business um you really are not going to make money doing this as a side hustle you're going to have to be able to go into this full time um, a lot of weekend warriors jump into this business and you're able to buy their equipment out cheap because they just don't last between insurance overhead and whatnot, like you got to go all in or nothing on this type of business. There you have it from the man himself, Bodie Gallo, the dumpster rental guy. Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at I rent dumpsters. And that's pretty much the only social media I use. I'm off of everything else. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I believe Twitter is a great place to network yeah. with other service-based business owners like yourself. Uh, Outside of that, I think all the rest of the social media is a complete waste of time. Yeah. I only discovered Twitter in September. I was on another podcast and they were like, you should become a dumpster rental guy. And I was like, okay, why not? 
and it's just it's just blown up pretty much so it's it's a beautiful thing well thanks for being on the podcast i really appreciate it thank you for having me we'll talk soon